Praise the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This message is from the Glory Life City Church, where a man of God, the Apostle Francis, reveals the deep heart of God for the new creation in Christ. Glory Life City Church is a mandate from God to dispense the glory of heaven in the new creation in Christ cultivating the apostolic heart of God in the intimate bond of fellowship, love, and power. Join in as the Apostle Francis takes us into the Word of God. Today is going to be very wonderful. Quickly, I think I have a lot to say today, so I want to rush a bit. Amen. Quickly, let's turn our Bible to Genesis chapter 2, verse 10. We read from the verse 10 to the verse 12. I am talking about the gold, the silver, and the land, part 14 and today i want to deal with what we started last week the foundational principles of the economy of zion the foundational principles of the economy of zion hallelujah say foundational principles i want your attention particularly over here Say foundational principles. We we have we have dealt so much about the various economies that we have in the agenda of God for the earth. We've talked about the the economy of the world, which is commercial Babylon, and uh, we've dealt extensively on that. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. And uh, we started talking about the economy of Zion, talked about commercial Zion, and how that, just like there is commerce in Babylon, there is also commerce in Zion. So that in Zion, every form of exchange is preceded by some kind of trading. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So just like in the world or in Babylon, every form of exchange is preceded by a kind of trading. In the same way in Zion, every form of exchange is also preceded by a level or a kind of trading. And we also talked about the market forces that back or that engineer activities in the various um, economies. We talked about the market force of the Antichrist, which backs the commercial Babylon. And we said that the opposite is the market force of the kingdom of God, which also backs commercial Zion. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, last week we started talking about certain foundational principles. We said that for anyone to engage in commercial Zion, it begins with the assumption that that person has received something. Hallelujah. Just like in the world, nobody goes to the marketplace with an empty pocket with the hope that he's going to buy anything. Hallelujah. Nobody goes to the marketplace with, with nothing with the hope that he is going to make an exchange. So, for God to place us in commercial Zion and instruct us on how to organize our activities, 
it is an indication that we have received something so we started talking about our spiritual inheritance how many of us remember that we started talking about our spiritual inheritance and how our spiritual inheritance you know began with the patriarch the man of faith the man of covenant his name is abraham and our inheritance has passed through stages until we have reached zion and uh, today i want to talk about gold say gold in the migration of our spiritual inheritance right from mount hebron through calvary to zion the chief commodity that expressed the spiritual inheritance of the people of God is gold. I mentioned over here in the beginning that gold is the storage medium for kingdom wealth. Hallelujah. So today we want to look briefly about how gold has been traded or transacted from the time of Abraham even to our time and our age. Is somebody here with me? Hallelujah. It's extremely important because a lot of people or a lot of Christians understand easily that we have an inheritance in Christ. But as to what that inheritance is and what that inheritance does, you need another level of revelation to unravel. Are you here with me? It is one thing confessing a spiritual inheritance. It's another thing possessing a spiritual inheritance. We said last week that in Mount Zion, the inheritance tends to become a what? A possession. You see it? Because the inheritance you have not possessed, you cannot trade with. Are you here with me? The inheritance you have not taken hold of, you cannot trade with. And for you to possess your inheritance in Christ, you must understand the form in which that inheritance takes. Are you here with me? So in Genesis chapter 2 verse 10 to 12, the Bible said, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. Hallelujah. A river went out of Eden to water the garden. And I'm sure by now you understand that the garden of Eden was not necessarily in Eden, but it was eastward, or it was at the east side of Eden. Amen. And there was a river that came out of Eden. And entered into the garden to water it. And the Bible said from the garden, it became four different rivers. And the verse 11 said the name of the first is Pison or Pison. That is it which compasses the whole land of Havila. Where there is gold. Hallelujah. So you should understand that the gold was not in the garden. Are you here with me? The gold was not in the garden. The gold was in the land of Avila, 
which was outside of the garden. But the river, when it reached the garden, now turned into four different rivers, and one of them flowed towards the land of gold to enrich it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And he says, and the gold of that land is good. Say good. Yeah. And the gold of that land is good. There is also delium and also the oinous stone. So he's realized that right from the beginning of creation, God has always employed gold to strategically finance his purposes on the earth. He places man in the garden and to enable man accomplish what he has been assigned to do, he makes the garden a source of refreshment for the land of gold. Hallelujah. He makes the garden a source of refreshment for the land of gold so that by that, Adam or man or humanity will be able to receive necessary resources for everything that God has assigned them to do. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? So, you see that because God himself planted gold, in the land of Havila. And if you study into it so well, I think along the line I will talk about the role of gold in humanity, in the progression of mankind. If you study the land of Havila and what the gold in it was meant for, when the Bible said the gold in the land of Havila was good, what it meant was that the gold in the Havila was durable, number one. And then the gold in Havila was also mobile. Hallelujah. The gold in Havila was mobile. And it moved at the scent of water. Are you here with me? So right from Havila... God planted gold and by the river Pison or Pison, that gold now is able to flow underneath the earth's surface to fill the entire earth. And it is the kind of gold that moves, you know. So there is gold in Havila and then there is also the river Pison and then there is also mankind. You realize that in almost every migration of mankind the first thing they always discover or they always try to take hold of before they will settle down is water hallelujah because the mechanism is this when man is able to direct the course of water into the place of gold then man will now be able to establish covenant and agreement with the gold such that the gold will also trace the full steps of man and make itself available for man's use. Are you getting what I'm talking about? But I'm not going to deal so much with that later on. 
But what I want to say is this. So right from Avila, the gold, which is the good, the mobile durable gold, now begins to move through the surface of the earth. And the Bible said that God himself is the sole custodian of the gold of the land. God himself. In the book of Haggai chapter 2, the Bible said the silver is mine. And the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Hey guys, chapter 2, verse 8. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine. See, the silver is mine. And the gold is mine. Yeah. So God is the sole custodian of the gold. Such that in throughout history, it is God who determines who finds what in the ground. Hallelujah. It is God who determines who finds what in the ground. So you see that God now comes to call Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And he says, I, I want to have a covenant with you. A covenant that effectively will affect the entire humanity. A covenant that will effectively influence the progress of life on the earth. So he says that come out from your father's house and I am going to show you or take you into a land that I have ordained for you. And when you get into that land, I am going to bless you and you shall be a blessing. Hallelujah. So in Genesis chapter 13 verse 1 to 2, Bible said, And Abraham went up out of Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had and lot also with him into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. Hallelujah. After God had led him out of his father's house, God enriched him among other things. God enriched him with gold. Praise the Lord. I talked about Abraham last week being the father of our spiritual inheritance because he's the one that God used to establish the fact and the principle of our spiritual inheritance. And the peak of that inheritance was the gold that he inherited. To the point that even when he sent his servant to go look for a wife for his son Isaac, his servant testimony also included the fact that his master Abraham has been blessed by God with gold. In Genesis chapter 24 verse 35, Bible said, And God has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he has given him flocks and heads and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants and camels and asses god has blessed my master greatly i pray that this will be somebody's testimony may god bless you greatly in everything may god bless you in gold and in silver hallelujah but now after the establishment of that covenant way before the church 
in the wilderness king. The goal gradually left the hands of the appointed people. Hallelujah. The gold gradually left the hands of the appointed people. When Joseph went into Egypt, hallelujah, and he dwelt there with the family through their engagement in commercial Babylon, they, they exchanged the gold for the security and the comfort of Egypt. Because don't forget, they went into Egypt because they were escaping famine. Hallelujah. And you remember, even when there was famine, Jacob sent his sons with enough money, enough gold and silver, to buy as much corn as they could buy. So they had famine, yet they had an inheritance of gold. And over time, as soon as they discovered that the prime minister was actually their own brother, and because of that, they all now migrated and then came to Egypt. They came with extensive wealth. But over time, say over time, hallelujah, through the course of time, the gold found its way back into the world. Praise the Lord. Now, the core and the key of the spiritual inheritance of the people has left them into the world. Praise the Lord. Are you here with me? That is one of the reasons why sometimes the believer sees himself blessed, but the very manifestation of that blessing, he rather sees it in the unbeliever. Because the gold that is meant to become the full expression of our spiritual inheritance has found itself in Egypt. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, God now begins to cultivate and engineer a program by which he is going to restore the gold into the heritage of the people of Israel. And this time round, he started with Abraham as, as an individual and he blessed him with gold. But when it entered into the national arena, because as at the time of Abraham, Israel was not a nation. Do you get it? So God started with an individual prosperity. But then that prosperity over time entered or left into the world. So now God wants to reclaim that prosperity, which is the inheritance of the children of God. And this time he chooses to do it corporately. He used to do it what? Corporately. This time, God is not blessing an individual. He decides to bless a corporate people so that by reason of that corporate blessing, the individuals will reap their personal blessing. Are you getting it? So, and God chooses because the, 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 the center of God's redemption in every operation of humanity is his kingdom. Hallelujah. It is what? His kingdom. 
which in the times of the old covenant was actually the tabernacle. Are you here with me? So that God used the tabernacle as the central hope of his redemption plan to redeem his people and to reclaim the inheritance of the people unto them. He used the tabernacle as the central plan, as the central point of his program. So that if the gold could find a way back into the tabernacle, then the people will have their rightful inheritance. Are you seeing? I'm trying to build a program in your mind so that you will properly understand what it means to have a spiritual inheritance. You will properly understand how God prospers his people. Are you here with me? So now let's look at this. We want to go through scriptures and we want to find out how mapping the course of our inheritance. We want to map the course of the inheritance of the saints. Last week we talked about the three mountains. Mount Hebron and then Mount Calvary and then Mount Zion. Hallelujah. The same three. These three mountains, they find also expressions in the three tabernacles that also expresses the progression of humanity. Hallelujah. So now we are going to look at this one. The place of the gold in the tabernacle of Moses. The tabernacle of Moses is just like the Mount Hebron experience. It is the place where the world leaves the individual and then enters the corporate scene. Are you getting me? Oh, are you here with me? Yeah. So Mount Hebron is the place of spiritual inheritance. Now, when God wanted to reclaim, when God wanted to restore the inheritance of the people from Egypt back to them, his first place or his first agenda was to instruct Moses to raise unto him a tabernacle. Because the tabernacle became the aggregate expression of the people. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Are you fine? Your faces are not encouraging at all. We've been talking about the gold, the silver, the land. Today I'm talking about the gold. You, you don't seem happy. Hallelujah. Don't worry. So here's the thing. The tabernacle, which is the kingdom of God. Okay? It is the aggregate. It is the collection. The, the corporate expression of the children of God. So that if God blesses the God blesses the tabernacle by extension he is blessing the people corporately. Do you get what I'm talking about? Are you here? He is blessing the people what? Corporately. Because anytime the kingdom is blessed, the people in the kingdom by default will be blessed. Are you here with me? That is how it works. Anytime it is like being in Ghana and being in US. The kind of things you will do in US and earn 500 Ghana uh, 500 dollars. If you come and do the same thing here, you will not earn even 100 Ghana cities. 
The difference is not hard work. The difference is not that the thing is different or the one in the U.S. is superior. No. The difference is that one particular system is enriched than another. Are you getting my point? So when God wanted to restore the gold to the people, this time he will not restore it to an individual. He restores it to a corporate body. And he uses the tabernacle as the central point of that restoration. Hallelujah. He uses the tabernacle as the central point of that restoration. So we see in the book of Exodus 36, very interesting. So I'll be talking about the three tabernacles and I'll just talk about three things. How the gold found its way into the tabernacle and what it was used for and probably the value of the gold. So in Exodus 36, you see that God asked them to bring gold. But where did the gold come from? Because these were still, these were, these were uh, uh, um, um, servants, okay, slaves, who don't own anything. Hallelujah. But God had records. Say, God has records. You see, God is able to restore to one generation the wealth of about five generations altogether. God has records. The first record was that Joseph, when he brought his father and his siblings into Egypt, they came with gold, but they lost it in Egypt. Hallelujah. The second record was that four generations of Israelites, they had labored in the land of Egypt without any pay and without any salary. Because their masters, the Bible calls them task masters. They would work hard for no pay. So for four generations, you know four generations, 400 years, the fathers, the fathers, fathers, the fathers, 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 or you can reverse it, the children, the children's children, the children's children's children, that's three, right? And then the children's, 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 uh -huh. children. Four generations, they have been working with nothing to take home. So in the record of heavens, the entire generation, the, the fifth generation of Israel, were about 400 years richer in the books. You know, it's like running a company. Sometimes you can have very wonderful figures in your books, but in the account, it's zero. Hallelujah. So their account was zero, but God's record books meant that these guys had 400 years worth of riches and wealth. So how did the gold come? The Bible says God gave them favor in Exodus chapter 3 verse 21 and 22. It says, and I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. May God give somebody favor in this place. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. Karabashaya. I will give you favor. He says, and it shall come to pass when you go, you shall not go empty, but every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house, 
jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment, and ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. He said that I'm going to give you favor, and in one night you are going to go to your masters, ask them for gold, ask them for silver, ask them for expensive clothes, and then put them upon your sons and daughters. Hallelujah. That is to say that create more room. Don't only take it for your own space, but create more room in the generations after you so that you will be able to contain everything I have in mind to give to you. Because what God was planning was not one generation worth of wealth, but rather four generations worth of wealth. And the only way they could contain it was that they would take some, their sons would take some, their daughters would take some. I pray for somebody. May the favor of God come upon you and in your line and in your lineage, whatever has been lost, it is still in the records of God. May God restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the years that the palmerworm have eaten, the years that the cankerworm have eaten in the name of Jesus. So how did the gold come in the tabernacle of Moses? From 400 years worth of labor. 400 years. 400 years worth of labor. Do you know what 400 years worth of labor can do? 400 years worth of labor. China turned around their economy in less than 150 years. But this is 400 years of labor. Plowing the land, mining the fields, raising, raising buildings, constructing artifacts, doing all sorts of things for nothing. But God said, though man has been able to defraud you, but in my record, God has said, the husband man is a worthy partaker of his labor. He is a worthy partaker. In my records, you shall not be defrauded. I pray that wherever your labor has reached, which you did not get due, due profit for, may the Lord recompense. May the Lord restore to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So 400 years of hard labor produced for them jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and expensive clothes. And the Bible said in Exodus 36 verse 5 to 7, when God wanted to, so this is God's operation. Now, here is the thing. God begins with the people receiving by favor what has been locked up in Egypt. Egypt is a type of commercial Babylon. Hallelujah. Overnight. And when it went to the hands of the people, he takes them into the desert. Praise God. Into the wilderness. And then he calls for those things back. Because if he had allowed everything to stay in the hands of the people, by the time they are out of the desert, it would have left their hands. Praise the Lord. By the time, because he knew that the people had not been fully dealt with yet. How do I know? Because one of the chief forces in commercial Babylon is the force of greed. 
And how did he deal with that in them? When he started giving them manna, he gave them one simple instruction. Take for each person sufficient for a day. And that was God's way of killing the greed out of them. Because before he would entrust them with the riches of the generations before. Hallelujah. Some of you, you are praying for God to bless you. You should first of all pray for God to deal with your hearts. Because greed will always keep you in bondage. May you be delivered. So in Exodus 30, the Bible says, And they spake unto Moses, saying, These people, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. For the prosperity of the people to come into fruition, the individuals must understand that God has made them stewards of what they have, not owners. Because the silver is for the Lord and the gold is for the Lord. Hallelujah. So when they went to the wilderness, Bible says God commanded Moses to speak to the people to bring unto him the very same thing he has given to them in Egypt so that he with those things he is going to raise the tabernacle hallelujah because the tabernacle is the central point of the prosperity of the people praise the Lord the tabernacle in our days by revelation is the kingdom of God it is the central point for the prosperity of the people so the Bible said, when the people heard that, they were glad, they responded, they gave everything to the point that what they were giving was even beyond what they needed. My God, what kind of giving is that one? What they were giving, Paul also experienced the same. You see, when you have a people who understand that God is not seeking to bless me, but God is seeking to establish his kingdom, and I am just a steward, I am a partner with God, a co-laborer with God in what he's doing. Come on. Their heart is so positioned to drive the kingdom with a kind of speed that has not been seen before. At a point, Paul was rejecting the offering of the people because it was too much. And the same thing happened in the wilderness. My God. That is why I believe when God moves amongst a people, it does not matter their economic background. It does not matter their geographic location. It does not matter if it is in their hearts. If the grace is upon them. This was the wilderness. But Bible said, the people gave more than was necessary to the point that Moses had to instruct them to stop the giving. Jesus. Moses sent an instruction. And they spoke unto Moses, the stewards, the, the, the priest. They were confused. The thing were too much. They went to complain to Moses that, uh, 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 man of God, that the offerings are too much. The gold is too much. Hallelujah. Hey! The gold is too much. So Moses had to give a commandment that the people bring much more than enough. Uh, for the service of the way which the Lord commanded to make. Go to the next verse. And Moses gave a commandment and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout their camp. 
Hallelujah. Throughout the camp, they were announcing it. It's okay. Oh. Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. May God bless you to that dimension. I remember, I remember t- 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 telling you about the testimony from Bishop Oedipo when in one meeting, they did not anticipate the number that will come. So a couple of people were standing and in the morning, they made, they made sorry, in the evening, they made an announcement that, oh, we are sorry that um, some of you were standing, blah, blah, blah. So we will make sure there are enough seats the following morning. And then one allergy, he wasn't even a Christian, no. allergy, who happened to have come in the meeting early morning with one trailer, 40 footer trailer, full of chairs. When he came, so oh, we are sorry, we have already brought some chairs. You know, you go to those, when you go to Shiloh and those things, they don't sleep. The workers don't sleep. Hallelujah. The workers don't sleep. Sometimes we go and do program, everybody's tired and their body is somewhere, somewhere. They don't sleep. By the time they close evening session around 10 p.m., people are praying, people are, they are sweeping the place, you know, meetings. People will put a bottle here, such as here. They are sweeping because there is first service in the morning. There is no sleep anywhere. So at dawn, they had already brought chairs. This, this allergic game. They said, oh, we are sorry. There is more than enough chairs, so we are afraid we will, you will have to return and say, what? He just got down the car, told his boys, eh, throw the thing into the compound. Throw the chairs. And he went to the security man, you want me to lose my blessing? Eh, throw the thing into the compound. That is the kind of grace when it begins to work on the people. Nobody is going to, you know, chim your hand for anything. There is grace that comes on the people. And when that grace comes, the same grace that was on the Macedonian church, so that they could give even to their last and beyond, they were willing to give their lives. Come on. I pray for that grace upon somebody. People with that grace are those who bear the gold. And when they brought the gold, the gold went straight into the tabernacle. And look at something. I did some calculation here. According to Exodus chapter 38 verse 24, all the gold that was occupied for the work in all the work of the holy place, even the gold of the offering, was 29 talents and 730 shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary. I'm interested in only the gold. 29 talents of gold by conversion one talent is 75 pounds okay and then one pound of gold is actually $22,400 so the gold that people brought for the building of the house of God in the wilderness not in commercial Egypt in the wilderness Ah, you don't need the biggest job to be able to be used by God. Apostle Francis, be right back. We hope you're enjoying this message. We would love to have you fellowship with us. You can locate us at the Shalom Motors Junction, Lashibi, of the Ashaiman Nungwa Highway for a Sunday Glory Celebration Service at 8 a.m. 
Welcome back to the message. Listen, the people of Israel. No, uh, uh, one of the topics I'll be dealing with. I'll be, talk, I'll be talking about dealing with wealth transfer in the courts of heaven. How to assess the wealth of an entire lifeline. Praise the Lord. Every labor, you know, the Bible has said it. I don't know if you can you check it for me and then project it. It says, in all labor, there is profit. Hallelujah. In all labor, every labor is profitable. No matter what, there is an amount of profit in every labor. Have you seen it? In all labor, there is profit. But the talk of the lips tended only to penury. That means that the first point of retrieving your profit is with your lips. Hallelujah. The first point of retrieving your profit, every labor you went to work for somebody, the person gave you half the amount. Only for you to realize later that the person has cheated you. You have that extra amount in God's record. Hallelujah. You have no I will teach you. This one is prayer dynamics. I will teach you how to pray for prosperity in the courts of the heavens. Amen. In every labor. In every labor. And look at this. 29 talents, if you should do the conversion, was worth 48.7 million dollars in the wilderness. What is it? National budget. And people in the wilderness were able to raise this offering. 48.7 million dollars worth of gold in the wilderness. I don't know where you are. But never underestimate yourself. If people could raise this under the old covenant in the wilderness, Kaya, but we have come to Mount Zion. There is nothing that we cannot do if we set our hearts to engage the gold of the house of the Lord. 48.7 million dollars. Hallelujah. So now, this is the amount of gold that found expression in the house, in the, in the tabernacle. And from the tabernacle, don't forget that the tabernacle also had storehouses. And the storehouse became the place for sustenance for the people. So now, this is what happens. As the people bring the gold for the tabernacle in Mount Hebron, the tabernacle of Moses, God now turns the tabernacle as the point of survival and sustenance for the people. So in other words, the people themselves, as they surrounded the gold, what they created was that they created a, a wealthy economy in the wilderness for themselves. They created a, a wealthy economy. Are you here with me? Your giving, it is the best. The, uh, that's why I'm not touched that one. I'm still working on your mindset. You know, a lot of people are tired in church because they give and they don't see any result. It is because they give with a lot of mindset. That is what they have been taught. 
Given it shall be given unto you. That scripture has nothing to do with money. It was talking about judgment. Hallelujah. So people are tired of giving. So that people don't even want to go to program because they know that they will raise money. Time for people to encounter God has been turned into commercial activities. And we, we heap promises upon promises for people to give certain things. And when they give, nothing happens. They get frustrated and they begin to lose their faith in God. But the problem is that our mindsets have not been corrected. Hallelujah. Jesus said it. How can you give when you have not received? So the emphasis of giving is not to receive. The emphasis of giving is that I have received. So when I give, I am not expecting anything back. When I give, I find fulfillment in, 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 in obeying an eternal principle of God. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? So they gave for the construction of the tabernacle. And God was used in the tabernacle. We know about the tabernacle. I'm not going to spend a lot of time because we are already running. Now, fast forward, we enter another dimension or phase of humanity's involvement. And now God brings to us another tabernacle. Which is the tabernacle of David. Which was built by Solomon. Hallelujah. The tabernacle of David. Which was built by Solomon. David had the contract with God. To build that tabernacle. But after some time. God had to put it on hold. And exempt him from executing that contract. Because of the blood on his hands. And then he empowered his son. Solomon. To build that tabernacle. And look at this thing. The tabernacle of David became the masterpiece of wealth and wisdom in his days. Such that when that tabernacle was built, ha, even the kings of the earth were amazed and they would come just to have a look. They would come to tour the tabernacle. They would come to tour the temple that Solomon had raised up because it was, it was the epicenter of wealth for the nation of Israel. Praise the Lord. And the principal material in that temple was the gold. But how did the gold come? David made available gold from the spoils of battle. That is one. He also made available gold from his own treasury. And then the strong men of David... They also made gold available. Solomon was just a foreman. Hallelujah. He was just a foreman. Because of the time, we are not going to read it. 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 11 to 15. You can write it down. And then 1 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 27. It says, out of the spoils won in battles did they dedicate to maintain the house of God. So that was where the gold came. The gold came from battles with the enemy. Hallelujah. As they conquered the enemy. I don't know if you are, take, if you are following what I'm talking about. 
in the first instance, the gold came from a wealth transfer out of 400 years worth of labor. In the second instance, the gold came out of battling the enemy, out of going into enemy territories, entering into Babylon and overcoming them with better ideas, overcoming them with better inventions, overcoming them with better services. I don't know if you if you get what I'm talking about. When you enter commercial Babylon, you should go there with something superior because that is the only way you are going to spoil the enemy. That is the only way you are going to attract what the enemy has kept in his storehouse, even to your direction. And let's look at the quantity of gold they made available over here. In 1st Chronicles 29, verse 2 to 9, I'm not going to read it. 1st Chronicles 29, verse 2 to 9. And then 1st Chronicles 22, verse 14. So here is David's own personal offering into the building of that magnificent temple. David, the Bible said, gave among other materials, he gave 3,000 talents of gold. 3,000 talents of gold. Now behold, in my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord and 100,000. This one said, in my trouble, this is the one he got from the spoils of war in the various battles. Battling with different kinds of kings, different kinds of nations. He had gathered for the Lord 100,000 talents of gold. And then his mighty men, they also gave a total of 5,000 talents of gold. Now, here is the breakdown. David's offering of 3,000 talents of gold amounted to $5 billion. Hallelujah. I don't know if there is any building in this world now costing that much. $5 billion. Only David's offering. Amen. May God bless somebody. See, I said, you should be blessed to the point that the devil renders you untouchable. Amen. You should be blessed to the point that the devil renders you untouchable. When he wants you to have an accident, the kind of car you are using is non-accidentable. Hallelujah. Non-accidentable. <laughs> because you are too blessed. I saw a car which can decelerate from, I think, 180 kilometers to zero in seven seconds. You see, when God has not blessed you, you can easily die early. There are certain cars, even when somebody is coming to hit you, the car itself will alert. Sometimes the car can even accelerate. Hallelujah. So even when you accelerate, the car itself will come to a stop. So... If the devil plus accidents cry, you too feel. Because you are too blessed. Hallelujah. David alone gave five billion dollar worth of offering. His mighty men, those his mighty men who were with him in the cave of Adullam, went through with him to Hebron and then they entered Zion. They were not left behind. You see, you can't follow a blessed man and not be blessed. They themselves also gave an offering worth $8.4 billion. And then from the spoils of war, 
168 billion dollars of gold was made available. So when Solomon came, he didn't have to give any offering. That is why when they built that temple, the very day they landed it and they adored it, the people could not stand. They all bowed. When the queen of Sheba came, right at the gate, she said, my spirit has left me. They've not seen this one before. Pure gold everywhere. Because people who have worked with God in a covenant and God had given them the gold of the land, they were willing to make the gold available and build unto God a kingdom from which all the people shall be blessed. I pray for somebody. May God through your hands feed a thousand. May God through your hands build for millions in the name of Jesus because of the gold. May you in your lifetime give such amount of gold that your nation cannot be poor in the name of Jesus Christ. Gold for the house of the Lord. I see somebody's hand is blessed. I said your hands are blessed to raise unto God the gold of the land. To bring unto God the gold of the land. Hallelujah. That is why God said even in the new covenant he is going to restore to us the tabernacle of David. Because that was the express manifestation of the wealth of Zion. 168 billion. Hallelujah. <laughs> Even Ghana. The whole country can't give this one. But one man in his lifetime gave it. For the building of the kingdom of the Lord. Praise the Lord. One man. One man. $168 billion worth of gold. His strong men gave $8.4 billion worth of gold. Oh my God. May God bless somebody. The days of mediocrity and poverty in the church is over. Look, if God was able to deal favorably with these men in the old covenants, in the covenant which abounded on the ministration of death, how much more those of us in this new covenant, the covenant that abounds on the ministration of life, the covenant that is built on precious promises, the covenant that is built on the everlasting blood of Jesus that was shed once and for all, once and for all, once and for all, hallelujah. David had to go into the enemy territory to battle with them and get the gold. But with us, it is a different matter. Hallelujah. But look at something that happened here. Look at something. We are not done yet. Hallelujah. Today, this one is birthday preaching. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, look, if you go into the Bible... In 1 Chronicles 29, verse 3 to 4, and in 1 Kings 6, 21 and 22, look at this. Just the walls of the tabernacle, the walls, 
The walls took up to 3,000 talents of gold, which is 5 billion worth of gold. Only the walls. The walls. I was in one of my research. I saw in Brazil, one billionaire man of God has raised a temple like that of Solomon, also with gold. Hallelujah. Ah, may God, may God, may God release this gold. Harabashaya. You can check it, it's on the internet. He has also raised a temple just mimicking what Solomon did. Because when they go and look at this, this was the beginning of the wealth of Israel. So now, God in his wisdom has put a kingdom, a temple there, which was an economy. And that economy was worth about $180 billion. One building. And you know what? As soon as Solomon died, that one building became the target of all the nations around them. Because that was the epicenter of their wealth. That one building. It became the target. Within 300 years, that building had come down to zero from the plunder of the many nations around Israel. The first attack on them was from the man we mentioned when we were beginning. On the king of Egypt called Shishak. When King Shishak attacked that temple in 917 BC, the Bible says he took the gold from the house of the Lord. Not only that, he also went into the house of the king and also took the weapons that were made of gold. That was the first attack on them. Yeah, 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 yeah. First attack on them. Hallelujah. Because Solomon is no more there. Different kings have come. First attack, Shisha king. Second, in 911 BC, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, he also came, according to 1 Kings 15, 18, he also came and he also came to take a portion of the gold. Hallelujah. He also came to take a portion of the gold. These people were coming and they were attacking. Some of them were cheating Israel out of trade deals. Some of them were beseeching Israel. And then the people had to pay a ransom to their enemies. Another attack came. The third attack in the reign of Jehoram. The Arabians and the Philistines, they also carried away the substance found in the king's house. Also including their wives and children. Number four, in the fourth attack, within 100 years, the four attacks had taken more than half of this wealth of the people. Hallelujah. Fifth attack also came in the time of Joash. When uh, 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 um, the people of Samaria, they broke down the western wall of Israel and they took all the gold and the silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of God and the treasures of the king's house. And then the number says, he says, Ahaz, when he was also king, there came the mighty king of Assyria. His name was Tiglath-Pileser. To whom Ahaz also took a portion out of the house of Jehovah and out of the house of the king and gave it to him as a ransom. Because Israel became weaker and weaker and weaker until the point where their enemies will come and say, hey, your sons and daughters are your good. And they will take their good and go away. All this while, 
all this while, the final one, the final showdown was in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. He even went to take everybody and brought them into Babylon. And he used their gold to raise a statue and ask them to bow to that statue. But they said, no, you will not bow. Do you know why? Because they had seen something magnificent than this one. They had seen something more magnificent. They were not ready to bow to an inferior dimension of what they have experienced before. Praise the Lord. But you see, when all these things were going on, there was one nation by name Thai. Say Thai. Are you Thai? Don't be Thai. Today I'm talking about gold. See, when I start talking about gold, you will be, you, you, you will be blessed. It's interesting. Hallelujah. Next week, I'll talk about the role of gold in the progression of humanity. How gold has been made into the fabric of humans. Hallelujah. I think I mentioned it over here that the dust that God used to create Adam was not dust of the soil. It was a golden dust. And I will show it to you from scripture. How that gold is, how that when we put gold there, we put diamond there, a lot of people will pick the gold. Even though diamond is worth more than the gold. But they will pick the gold because gold is connected to the soul of a man. Hallelujah. He says when we are refined in the fire, we will come out as what? Gold, not as diamond. Is somebody here with me? So all these things, so the, the greed of the nations was awakened and they all came one after another and they plundered the house of the Lord. They took the gold, they took the vessels, they took everything away from them. And this is what happened. The Bible says, another king rose, the king of Ty. He did not come to fight, but he came to establish a marketplace. And he lured all these nations into trade. He lured all these nations into trade. And he used schemes, unrighteous schemes. He used unjust skills. And he took all the gold from all these people. From Assyria, from Samaria, from Egypt, from all of them. And he gathered all the gold in Ty. That is why the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 28, the Bible says the king of Ty, it, it, in that day, was the present manifestation of Lucifer in the earth beyond when he was also trading the merchandise on the earth with all of men. And through the merchandise of his trade, he became violent in his spirit. And the Bible said that pride was formed or was found in him. It was the same thing that the king of Ty was doing. He built an international trade hub. Let's look at it from the scriptures. Let's read this one in Isaiah chapter 23, verse 3 and 8. He says, Isaiah chapter 23, verse 3. And by great waters, the sea of Sihor and the harvest of the river is her revenue. When the river Python flowed into the land of Avila, the Bible said, the gold was awakened. There is a kind of wealth that comes on the river. If you don't understand the mechanism of the river, the Bible said that those that do business in deep 
waters they see the glory of the lord if you understand the marine kingdom and then the riverine spirit you understand all of those things you realize that the greatest storehouses of wealth on the earth is always in the waters so this was what the king of tyre engaged first of all he engaged the seas and he built trade on the seas so the bible said that the harvest of the river was her revenue and she became a mart of nations. You understand mart? A shopping center for the nations. Ay, 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 ay. Hallelujah. She became a shopping center for the nations. This is the beginning of the blessing of nations. When the nation becomes a shopping center, when people in America are coming here not to take our gold and run away, but to trade, when we are able to sit them down and to negotiate better deals, not we go in there to beg for loan and then they will ask for things that we have. A lot of that is the problem of Africa. We have turned God's way upside down. The king of Tyre made Tyre the mats, the shopping center of nations. Hallelujah. And the shopping center, does Akramo come to your house? You go to Akramo. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is what we have missed. Let's go to the verse 8. The verse 8. I just want to skip. It says, Who has taken counsel against tithe? The crowning city. May God make you a crowning city. Whose merchants are princes? Whose traffickers are the honorable of the earth? <laughs> so the king of Tyre, in his wisdom, he was able to establish trade deals with the princes and the honorable men of the earth. So his, his market was not a place for the dwelling of young people, of the dwelling of mean people, the dwelling of inferior people. The Bible says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall not stand with mere men. Such was the king of Tyre. The Bible said, He shall stand with kings and queens. His, 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 his traffickers were the honorable of the earth. His business partners were the princes of the earth. Hallelujah. See, if you understand how God works the gold, you will hate mediocrity. Because the gold is not in the hand of the mediocre. Oh, in Ghana, yeah, we see it. You go to, once you go to Takwa, you have families who own gold. But then the gold actually is in the hands of the one who come with the expertise. Hallelujah. It is in the hands. If you don't know how to trade excellence in the commercial Zion, you will never be able to engage the gold. Because the gold flows through the hands of the princes. It flows through the hands of the honorable of the earth. And that is the kind of market that Tire raised for himself. Powerful man. Powerful market. Hallelujah. In Ezekiel 27 verse 3. The prophet started speaking. Now you see. So now 
The wealth that was plundered by Assyria, by Egypt, Shishak, by Samaria. Now, everything has been collected together and has been transferred into time. So now God directed his anger to time. Hallelujah. God directed his anger to time. So that right now, God is targeting time and is commanding a release of wealth from time. And time is standing for commercial Babylon. Hallelujah. Now let's read what Ezekiel had to say in Ezekiel 27 verse 3. He said, And say unto Tyrus, O thou thou art situate at the entry of the sea. You are a merchant of the people of many islands. That saith the Lord, O Tyros, thou hast said, I am of perfect beauty. This was, this was a type of the devil. Because all the gold had not come into his command, he felt that he was in charge of everybody. He felt that he was above everybody. So God sends a word against him. A word which is now having effect in the last days. As God is forming the temple of the last days, which is the house of the Lord in Zion. Hallelujah. Said, but we have come to Zion. So we have moved from the tabernacle of Moses. We have gone into the tabernacle of David built by Solomon. And God is now building another temple. This time it is not temple made with hands. That means that the gold is finding expression not through the land into the hand, but through the people into their hands. I see in the connection here. So in Isaiah chapter 23 verse 11 to 18, listen to this prophecy. The Bible said, he stretched out his hand over the sea and he shook the kingdoms. The Lord has given a commandment against the merchant city to destroy the strongholds thereof. And he said, thou shalt no more rejoice, O thou oppressed virgin daughter of Zidon, arise and pass over Shittim. There also shall thou have no rest. Behold the land of the Chaldeans. This people was not so the Assyrian founded it for them that dwell in the wilderness. They set up the towers thereof. They raised up the palaces thereof and he brought it to ruin. All ye ships of Tashis, for your strength is laid waste. This is how, so this is what Ty was doing. He was beseeching all the other countries and taking their spoil. Bible said, and it shall come to pass in that day that Tyre shall be forgotten 70 years. According to the days of one king. After the end of the 70 years shall Tyre sink as an harlot. Take an harp, go about the city. Thou harlot, thou hast been forgotten. Make sweet melody, sing many songs that thou mayest be remembered. And it shall come to pass after the end of the 17 day, 70 days that the Lord will visit Tyre and she shall turn to her hire and shall commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth. How many of us have seen what the Bible taught about in Revelation concerning Babylon? 
if you have read it, are you seeing it over here? He said, and her merchandise and her hire shall be holiness to the Lord. It shall not be treasured nor laid up. For her merchandise shall be for them that dwell before the Lord to eat sufficiently and for durable clothing. God says, it shall come to pass that the merchandise of Tyre, as Tyre begins to commit war done with the kingdoms of this earth, the merchandise of Tyre is going to be transferred to those that dwell before the Lord. And here is another prophecy in the book of Haggai. Haggai chapter 2 verse 6 to 8 he says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations, and the desire of all the nations shall come. What is that desire? It is the gold that Tyros took away from the nations. And when that desire comes, he says, I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. I will fill this house with glory. So the glory of the latter day house of God, which is our Mount Zion inheritance, it is the glory of the gold. So he says that in the last day through prosperity, my cities shall be spread abroad. Through prosperity, my cities shall be spread abroad abroad we have not come into the latter day house church this is not a church this is not a house that is built by mortar and this is, this is not this one hallelujah the bible said it in ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 and 22 it says and you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple of the law. So the last day's house of God is you and I. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The last day's temple is you and I. And we have been brought together. We are framed together. And we grow into an holy temple. In whom also ye are built together for a habitation of God through the spirit. Through the word. Spirit. This is the, this is the mechanism of the gold in humanity. The spirit of God in the last day church. The spirit of God working in the people, in the new creation. Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 and 5. says to whom coming us unto living stones. We are living stones. Let me show you something that a lot of Christians don't know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you ready? When God says that we are living stones, another version says we are lively stones. Praise the Lord. So a lot of people will read it and they will, they will just move on to the next thing. Because they don't even understand what living stones are. But living stones are precious stones that bear eternal value. They are the store the record storage of the gold in the land. Praise the Lord. They are precious stones which when they are picked from the ground indicates the presence of gold in the ground. Hallelujah. God has always worked with lively stones. In the time of the temple of Moses, 
he played the lively stones, seven of and twelve of them, on the chest of the priest, each representing one of the tribes. Hallelujah. So that anytime the priest is praying, anytime the priest comes before the Lord, any stone that will begin to shine or begin to reflect light becomes an indication of God moving towards a particular tribe. Hallelujah. And stones have always been a prophetic indication of what the people possess in the land. When David wanted to overcome Goliath, he took five stones. And you read through scriptures, stones always take the form of 12, 7, or 5. Hallelujah. In battle, or in every battle matter, the stones that are always represented are five. In intercession or priestly operation, the stones are always 12. Hallelujah. But this is when we come into merchandise, the scriptures reveal, I'll talk about it more next week when I'm talking about the role of gold in humanity. When it comes to merchandise trading, the stones are always seven. And the princes of this world, they understand. Anytime God raises stones, what he does is that he is activating the prosperity of the ground or the land for a particular people. Stones also become the storehouse of the power that resides in the people. To the point that even in our days, the scientists are still making, and they don't publish it, scientists are still searching the inexhaustible power of certain kinds of stones. To the point that it has even entered into Hollywood and one movie that the whole world is going crazy about, Avengers, how many of us have been watching that? It's all about stones. A lot of things are happening around us. Some people are only speaking in tongues. May God open your eyes. The world is always craftily working to sabotage the wealth of the people. Hallelujah. But the Bible says we are lively stones. We are lively stones. That, be, that means that God has made us the storehouses of the gold of his kingdom. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7, it says that you have this treasure in earthen vessel. You have this treasure in earthen vessel. You have this treasure in earthen. What is the treasure? He says that the gifts and the callings of God, they are without repentance. So inside of me, I carry a gift. Inside of me, I carry things that will bring the gold that is hidden in the ground. I pray for somebody in this latter day house of the Lord. The gold is not what the people bring. The gold is what the people are. I pray for you. May God enhance your gold. May God unravel you to the world. You are a miracle waiting to happen. 
you are a wonder the world is about to see you are an, you, you are an invention the world has not seen yet you are you are an invention the world cannot understand with your logical mind because there is a treasure in you and that treasure it is the gold of the land that treasure it is the gold of the land for more information, follow the man of God on Facebook at Glory Life City Church or visit our website on www.glorylifecity.church.